Book. Keeper of the book has opened the ponderous door to the secret vault, wherein is kept the great sealed book, in which is recorded all the secrets and mysteries of mankind through the ages. Here are tales of every kind, tales of murder, of madness, of dark deeds, strange and terrible beyond all belief. Keeper of the book, I would know what tale we tell this time. Open the great book and let us read. Slowly, the great book opens. One by one, the keeper of the book turns the pages and stops. Ah. The strange story of a web of death woven by fate to trap three unsuspecting mortals in an evil design more terrible than the mind can conceive. A tale titled Design for Death. written in the pages of the sealed book. The story begins deep in the lonely solitude of the Maine woods. A young couple, Carl and Dora Evans, stand at the side of a narrow road, staring dazedly at the wreckage of their car and a deep gully beside the road, a wreck from which they have miraculously escaped unhurt. Carl, I told you we shouldn't try to make the Canadian border by tonight. If you hadn't been driving so fast, you'd have been able to take that curve. Now, what are we going to do? On foot here in the woods with sundown not more than a half hour away? Dora, be quiet. I think I hear something. Listen. Music. Organ music. Now, we must be imagining. We're not imagining it. Look, there's a path leading into the woods. There must be a house back in there someplace. A house? I can see it now. A stone house almost hidden in the trees. Carl, how strange. Strange? You mean lucky. That's where we're going to stay tonight, Dora. Come on. Carl, what'll we tell them? The people that live in the house, I mean. We'll tell them we're brother and sister on a vacation trip that we accidentally wrecked our car. 
You act as if you'd sprained your ankle, and they'll have to put us up for the night. By morning, I'll have our next move figured out. All right, Tom. Look how big the house is. Who in the world do you suppose would live out here? So many miles from even a crossroads. How do I know? A hermit, maybe. Here we are. Now, oh, come on, take my arm. That's it, limp. Good. Wait, Carl. Listen to that music. That's no radio. That must be a real organ. Strange music. All right, so it's a real organ. What of it? I'm going to knock. Now, remember, play up your sprained ankle big. We've got to get invited to spend the night here. All right, Carl. Here comes someone. Oh, good afternoon. I'm afraid I wasn't expecting any callers. We've had an accident. My sister has been hurt. May I bring her inside? Why, of course. Come in, by all means. Thank you. Oh, my ankle. Oh, I'm so sorry. Here, come this way, into the library. Can you make it? Yes, yes, I think so. Sit down here. You'll feel much better. (laughs) It's very kind of you, sir, if you let my sister rest here for a few hours. My dear sir, it's almost dark. You must both stay here until morning. I insist. Why, thank you. No, don't thank me. I lead a very lonely life, and I'm delighted to have some company. Truly delighted. Their host introduced himself as Mordred Vance, a recluse whose health required him to reside there in the bracing atmosphere of the pine woods. When Vance told them that he lived there alone, without servants of any kind, Carl's eyes lit up with interest. Later, when Mordred Vance had shown them to their rooms and said goodnight, Carl lingered for a low-voiced conversation with Dora. Well, Dora, how do you like it? Like what, Carl? The setup, this house, Vance, everything. If we had to have an accident, we couldn't have picked a better spot for it. Carl, what scheme have you in mind now? Listen, this guy, Vance, is a recluse. Hardly ever goes into town. He hasn't any radio, never reads the newspapers. That means there's practically no chance of us ever finding out we're running away from the police. So you and I are going to stay here as long as we can. But will Vance want us here? Oh, sure. He went for you in a big way. Okay, it'll be two or three days before you feel well enough to leave. And by then, he'll be hooked. We'll make him want us to stay. And look, baby, he must be rich. You saw the rugs and furniture. Yes, and that big organ in the library. Must have cost thousands. At least. Of course, he must be a bit of a crackpot to want to live here with no servants, but he's a nice, harmless one. Maybe we'll be able to cash in on him. That night, Carl slept well. In the morning, inwardly exulting at their luck, he helped Dora downstairs. As they descended, they heard their host once again playing the organ in his library. What funny music he plays. Last night, that weird stuff. This morning, something sounds like church. Yeah, he's a queer dog, but he'll be easy to handle. Now, remember, he likes you, so play up to him. Yes, I will. Good morning, Mr. Vance. Oh, Good morning, my dear Miss Evans and Mr. Evans. I hope you both slept well. Wonderfully. Like a top. And the ankle. I see it still pains you. Oh, it's much better this morning, Mr. Vance. Really, it is. I'm glad of that. 
But you must be hungry. I have fixed breakfast there on the serving wagon. Sit down and make yourselves at home. I have already eaten. Oh, thanks. We will. Uh, here, Dora, let me help you. Thank you, Carl. Aren't you going to go on playing, Mr. Vance? No. Truth is, I was just playing to put out of my mind the tragedy which happened last night when I drove to town for a few extra supplies. A tragedy? The wife of my grocer died very unexpectedly. Oh. I dropped in there to pay my bill, and after I'd paid it, she invited me to drink a glass of wine with her and her husband, as she always did. While we were sitting drinking and talking, she was seized by a heart attack and died inside a few minutes. Oh, it must have been very upsetting. Yes, the sight of death moves me deeply. But why should we talk about death on a beautiful day like this? There's something else I want to speak of, Mr. Evans. Your sister's ankle must receive rest. I'm going to insist that you stay with me several days until it's properly healed. Oh, that's very generous of you, Mr. Vance. Generous? Not at all. You will be doing me the favor by giving me your company. Well, when you put it that way, how can we say no, Mr. Vance? Good. Then it's all settled. You're going to stay with me just as long as I can possibly keep you. like that, Dora? That was lovely, Mr. Vance. You've never played like that before. So, so... Romantically? <laughs> I was playing like that because of you. Because of me? Of course. Listen to me, Dora. You've been here a week, and surely by now you must know I'm in love with you. Yes, I... I guess I did know it. I'm not a poor man, you know. I'll show you something. Come over here, Dora. Wait till I move this screen... There. Well, there's a safe behind it. Yes. Now watch. I shall open it and you shall see. There. Now this cash box. Look, my dear. What? It's full of money. Yes. $50,000 in $100 bills. My emergency fund. There, I'll put it away now. I just wanted to show you that I'm not penniless because, Dora, I want you to marry me. Marry you? I... You must give me a little time to think about it, Mr. Vance. Of course, my dear, by all means. Give me your answer tomorrow, but only remember, I'll not let you say no.
to continue the story as it is written in the sealed book. Not knowing that Dora is really Carl's wife, Margaret Vance, a rich recluse, asked Dora to marry him. Carl, for reasons of his own, was annoyed with Dora for not accepting Vance at once. He showed you $50,000 and asked you to marry him, and you said you'd think it over. But, Carl, I'm your wife just because he thinks I'm your sister. I know, I know. But don't you see, if he thought you were going to marry him, we could stay here indefinitely? I didn't think of that. So you're going down and tell him you've decided to... Now, wait. What is it, Carl? I have a better idea. We need that $50,000. It would fix us up for life. What are you getting at? Listen, Dora. Not a soul knows we're here outside the three of us. If Vance were dead, no one would know. We'd never been here. You mean kill him? Then take the money? Yes, I do. Oh, no, Carl. We've never killed anyone. Don't be a sap. It'd be a cinch. Now we're going back downstairs. To put him off his guard, you're going to tell him you'll marry him. Then tonight, after he's asleep, I'll make sure he never wakes up. Obedient to Carl's instructions, Dora has told Margaret Vance that she will marry him. As Vance proposes a toast to their future happiness. And now we'll drink a toast to... What's that? There's someone at the front door. But I'm not expecting anyone. Who in the world can it be? Mordred? Mordred, where are you? Justina. Oh, here you are. Why didn't you come to the door? I, I was just going to. I have guests. Yes, so I see. And who are they? Well, very dear friends of mine. Miss Evans, Mr. Evans, my sister Justina. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? Mordred, I'm surprised. Surprised at what? You know perfectly well. But Justina... Let's not argue before your guests. Uh, no, of course not. Dora, Carl, will you excuse me? I haven't seen Justina in several months. We have some family matters to talk over. Of course, we'll go on up to our rooms. Yes, it's just about time to turn in anyway. I'll see you in the morning. Good night, Dora. Good night, Good night Carl. Good night. Good night, Miss Good night, Evans. Well... So you've forgotten your promise, have you, Mordred? What promise? You know perfectly well the conditions on which the family agreed that you could live out here in the woods, Mordred. No visitors, no trips, complete isolation. I think I should tell you, Justina, that Miss Evans has done me the honor to agree to marry me. Oh, she has, has she? Well, I'll fix that. Justina, you shall not interfere. Mordred, if they don't leave the first thing in the morning, this whole arrangement is canceled. Much as the family will regret it. We'll have to see that you go to an asylum. I'm perfectly well now, Justina. Just what brought you here anyway? An impulse brought me. I suddenly got to wondering about you, and I drove up here to see how things were. Just in time, too, apparently. I see. 
You just happened to drive up here. Very well, then. They shall go. I suppose you plan to stay all night. Yes, I do. I'll stay until after they've gone. Then you can have the front room. You look tired. Will you have a drink of wine with me before you go up? Well, perhaps. A small glass, please. Splendid. I know you have my interest at heart, Justina, so we'll drink to our continued friendship. But as Mordred Vance went to fetch a bottle of wine, Dora and Carl were talking upstairs, for they had lingered outside the closed door of the library long enough to hear what passed between Mordred and his sister Justina. She threatened to send him to an asylum. Carl, he's mentally unbalanced. Yes, that would explain everything. He's living here in such isolation, seeing no one. It's his family's way of keeping him out of trouble. Oh, he's probably perfectly harmless. Well, anyway, we're going in the morning. And I'm glad it turned out this way. Well, there's no point in staying any longer. Now that his sister has seen us, it would be too risky to try our little scheme. Well, in the morning, we'll be on our way. Relieved, Dora went to bed. Just as she fell asleep, she heard the sound of music from downstairs. Wild, strange music. She listened a moment, but she was used to hearing the organ play now, and it did not disturb her sleep. In the morning, when she and Carl descended, their host was again playing as he had been the first morning after their arrival. Curious music, almost unearthly in quality. But he stopped as they entered the library. Oh, good morning. I hope you slept well. Yes, very well. How is your sister this morning? Oh, the truth is, my sister and I quarreled last night. Quarreled? We both have violent tempers and, well, the... Argument brought on a heart attack, and my sister... A heart attack? Yes. Her heart has been weak for years. Before I could go for a doctor, she was gone. Gone? You mean dead? Yes, Dora. She died just after I got her upstairs to her room. Oh, how horrible. But what are you going to do? Do? What is there to do? I mean, you're, you're going to call a doctor and notify the authorities. No, no, I don't think I shall. You mean you're going to do nothing? Dora, my dear, listen to me. We must be married at once. We'll go away together. You, Carl, shall keep us company. When we're far away, then there'll be plenty of time for letting people know about Justine. Oh, no. No, 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 I couldn't. I, I've changed my mind. I can't marry you. you. You've changed your mind? Dora, be sensible. No, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I just can't. We're leaving today, Carl. Why, Dora, I love you very much. I couldn't let you leave Of me. course we're not leaving. Dora, dear, please. Wait at least until tomorrow before you make up your mind definitely. That's... Not much to ask, is it? Of course it isn't. She'll think it over, at least until tomorrow. But why, Carl? Why can't we go today? Why must we wait? Dora, listen. I have a new plan. His sister is dead. Her heart attack was a stroke of luck for us. Now we can go ahead as we planned. You mean... Yes, we'll arrange it to look like a suicide. When their bodies are found, the authorities will think he killed himself in grief. Oh, I don't like it. It'll work perfectly, I tell you. 
And we need that money. Something will go wrong, I know it. Nothing can go wrong. Now, here's how we'll work it. I have my gun Carl, here. listen. What is it? He's playing that awful music No, what of it? It frightens me. I, I don't know why. It's just so strange. Oh, forget about it. Now, just before it gets dark, we'll go down and I'll step up close to him and then... And now to continue the story as it is written in the sealed book. In spite of Dora's forebodings, Carl is going ahead with his plan for murdering Mordred Vance and getting his money. Just as it was getting dusk that evening, Carl and Dora entered the library to find Vance sitting in his easy chair with a decanter of wine and glasses beside him. Oh, there you are. I was just wondering what happened to you. We were just out for a little stroll. Then you must be tired. Here, let me pour you both some wine. I, I don't think I want any. Of course you do. Here you are. In a moment. There's something I want to talk about first. Oh, indeed? What is it, Carl? This! <laughs> He's dead. Yes, and it couldn't have been neater either. Now I'll clean my fingerprints off the gun. Then I'll put his fingerprints on it like this. And with the gun on the floor here beside the chair and his hand dangling over the chair arm, it's a perfect case of suicide. Please hurry, Carl. I want to get out of here. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, we can use that wine now. You need a drink, and so do I. Yes, yes, I do. Thanks. <sighs> that helps. But now let's get that safe open. Over here behind the screen, isn't it? Yes, that's it. Yes, here it is. I hope you were smart enough to notice the combination when he opened it for you. Yes, I did. I'll open it. There. Good. Now, let's see what we've got. The money was in that cash box. Right. Ah, there we are. Did you ever see a prettier sight? Just take the money and go, please, Carl. Don't be in such a hurry. Let's see what's in this other box. Hmm, that's funny. What's in it? 
Just a bunch of old newspaper clippings. Some of them are so old, they've turned yellow. Good heavens. What is it, Carl? They're all clippings about murders. Oh, what does it matter, Carl? I, I really don't feel well. Can't we go now? Just a moment. Look at this headline. Local organist sought for murder. Santa Barbara, California, June 17th, 1935. Maxwell Vanning, organist, is being hunted by local authorities following the death of a choir singer from apparent heart failure. The police, becoming suspicious, searched Vanning's apartment and have found a bottle of rare poison whose symptoms duplicate those of heart failure. What does that mean, Carl? I don't know. Here are eight more clippings covering a period of about ten years. Everyone about a murder by apparent heart failure. And everyone committed by an organist whose initials were M.V. Mordred Vance! That's the only possible explanation. He was a homicidal maniac. Why, why, Dora, we've been here for more than a week. He might have killed us, too. He was going to, Carl. He was going to. I know it. Didn't you hear that music he was playing this afternoon? What about it? The first evening we came here, he was playing it. And that night he went to town, and you remember he said that while he was in town, his grocer's wife had a glass of wine with him and died of heart failure. Yes, you're right. He killed her. And then last night, after his sister arrived, he was playing that music again. And this morning, his sister was dead of heart failure. Yes, and several of these clippings mention weird organ music heard before the bodies were discovered. Of course. And this afternoon, he was playing that same music again. That means he was planning to kill us. Us, Carl, because we were going away. You're right. Let's get out of here quick. Carl, I... I feel sick. Oh, it's because you're upset. Come on, the fresh air will fix you up fine. No, I... I can't move. Well, here, I'll help. <gasps> Something is wrong with me. Are you hot? Carl, we've been poisoned. No, no, that's not possible. It is, it is. The wine... The wine he tried to get us to drink just before you killed him. But we refused. We refused. Yes, but we drank it afterward. Oh, yes, we did. And it was poisoned, Carl. Don't you see? That's how he planned to kill it. And he's done it. He's done it. That, that's funny. We planned to kill him and he planned to kill us. <laughs> and we both... We both succeeded. <laughs> and that is the story of the strange and incredible web woven by fate, as the tale is written here in the sealed book. Two murderers, each seeking a victim, met and so brought about each other's downfall. Twisted indeed are the strands of fate in which destiny entangles mere mortals.
And now, keeper of the book, before you close the great volume, show us the tale we tell next time. This one, ah, yes, a tale of two men who tried to drive an old woman insane by turning themselves into ghosts while they were still alive, and of the strange and terrible success that crowned their efforts. The tale is called The Ghost Makers. sure to be with us again next time when the sound of the great gong heralds another strange and exciting tale from The Sealed Book. The Sealed Book, written by Bob Arthur and David Cogan, is produced and directed by Jock McGregor. <laughs>